Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 56. In today's episode, you are so privileged to be able to listen to the heart of Marguerite Harb. She is a wife to Matt. She is a mother to five beautiful children earthside and a mother to five children in heaven. She's a medical doctor and she knows exactly what it's like to suffer. She lost her daughter Colette, um, who was stillborn at 38 and a half weeks. She um, endured four miscarriages. She lost her father and she suffered from postnatal depression. Yet throughout her whole story, she does not lose her faith. She is such a testament to hope, to courage, to love. Um, You will hear her story and you can't help but be um, encouraged by her faith. She is such a witness to us and um, she needs to be listened to. Suffering is something that um, we run away from. We 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 are frightened of we lie awake at night thinking of the worst case scenario when she shows us that true surrender real surrender is allowing yourself to suffer and seeing the face of God in it I read something by Pope Benedict recently and I just wanted to um, read it here just to he explains it so much better than I ever could and he says, knowing that Christ has gone ahead of us and awaits us there, gives us courage to face the darkness and enter into the silence. In fact, after we endure the trial of silence and experience the depths of our own weakness, we come to a deeper faith in God and the power of his strength to protect us and sustain us. What appeared to us to be silent absence turns out to be silent presence. We discover that God is always closer to us than what we could have dreamed possible. What appeared to be silence to us was in fact deafeningly loud and what appeared dark to us was in fact blindingly bright. You are going to see that in um, Marguerite's story, the brightness of our Lord by her side was what sustained her and sustains her throughout her life. You are going to be honoured to listen to her story as I was. I hope that her story gives you courage and allows you to be more open to saying yes to what God wants of your life. Welcome to the podcast. I am so grateful that that there is another Aussie on the other end. It's beautiful to know that there are so many of you out there who feel that call to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, express what's on your heart. And if, if we can help one person, one woman who feels that she's alone, I think we've done our job. So welcome to the podcast, Marguerite. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. That's what I was thinking, actually, when you invited me I said look if only one woman is helped in some way by listening to me then then it will be worth it so yeah totally now let's start could you tell our viewers who you are and something about what your life looks like today sure so um I am one of seven children uh raised Catholic I have five sisters and one brother and um, I'm mum to five children here and another five in heaven and I'm also a doctor I'm working as a GP 
uh, at a local um, medical practice in Carlingford. So life is busy and it's been crazy and it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's yeah, it's definitely a journey. <laughs> Hats off to you. How on earth did you get in 10 pregnancies and studying to be a doctor? <laughs> That in itself is <laughs> is a miracle. That's um, yes, yes. <laughs> when I reflect back, like I'm I'm in the thick of it right now, and I'm just like the I trenches. feel yeah yeah I'm deep deep in the trenches. I feel like I've been in survival mode for a good um, nine years now. I'm coming up to nine years married, so it's been really um it's been so up and down but um I have an incredible husband by my side who uh, has he's he's basically uh enabled me to follow my dreams and uh, we live out our faith together and um there's basically it there's there's it's it takes a rare man to agree to be a stay-at-home dad for a while so that you can complete what you started and I guess um we that whole journey you asked me um I guess started a little bit by accident (laughs) because we actually we conceived our first baby before we were married and um so I was raised Catholic and I knew the teachings, believed the teachings, but there was um, somewhat of um, that lack of conviction, I guess. And when you're in love with someone and you're um, young and growing up and, and you're, you're not always going to live things perfectly and and we, yeah, we fell, I fell pregnant in second year medical school and and it kind of blew my whole world apart because we had to tell our parents and we had to uh, come to terms with having a baby and there is always probably for most women in my situation um, you know I will admit that probably just once it crossed my mind that you know, I could make this go away. The world would, the world would allow me to make this baby disappear, and um, and I quickly was able, probably through the grace of God, just to shut that down immediately, because um, mm. I know that um, uh, you know women who I'd come across at uni and things like that had already potentially even. Um, had an abortion so that they could continue studying or um, so that they could uh, pursue that career but for me you know it just wasn't an option at all Mm. so um, we came to terms with the pregnancy and we were um, yeah ready to have a baby together Um, uh, we didn't actually get married during the pregnancy um so yeah so um <laughs> why, why I, you did I I like to I love the fact that you um you know what was your reasoning not to get married during the pregnancy was it because you thought you needed to think things through or um you know marriage was forever and just because we have a baby together doesn't mean that we're you know maybe we're not meant to be together or was it just that you didn't want to fit into a dress with a big belly you know a lot of people what was your reasoning for that yeah I I didn't really care about any of that I didn't really mind if it was just us and a witness a couple Mm. of witnesses and a priest um but we were real. We were in our very early twenties and still had a lot of growing to do. And uh, I think it was a lot to do with what you mentioned. How you know, just because we are pregnant, like marriage is for life, and marriage um, 
is so important that we have to make sure that we're meant to be married to each other and not just because Mm. we're having a baby together. So there was that knowledge of the importance of it and making sure that we were marrying each other for the right reasons. Mm. Um, That's so beautiful. That's so powerful. I see that now, but at the time I was like, why don't you just marry me? Like this is is embarrassing. Like I was, you know, a bit self-conscious obviously about being pregnant and you can feel a bit silly and ashamed that, you know, oh, she, why weren't, you know, I'm sure people were thinking why weren't you on the right contraception and this sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so we had to really learn to hold our heads up high and go, no, this, ha- this is happening now and we are going to make the best of it. So, yeah, so I was... Um, with Matthew at around 30, 38 plus five, so at the very end of my pregnancy. And um, I went to sleep um, that night thinking, "Mm, I haven't really felt her move very much. Um, It was a totally normal pregnancy, a really beautiful, like lovely first pregnancy. Everything just seemed perfect and wonderful went to sleep that night thinking haven't really felt her move very much and I thought well if I if I don't feel her move through the night um I'll just call my midwife first thing in the morning so then in the middle of the night quite early that morning like three or four a.m um I felt a pop and I thought oh my gosh this is it um and then I um got up and I was just spilling bright red um Mm. this is this is I'm yeah being medical sometimes I can be a bit TMI like a bit I'm really like um I'm all I'm like yeah body fluids and yeah I'm I'm really I'm immune to it all so anyway I'll 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 give the story um in detail but maybe just put a disclaimer (laughs) um so yeah so I was really leaking quite um, strongly blood-stained amniotic fluid and I didn't really know what was happening. I thought, oh, this must be what the bloody show is when they talk about a show. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So we just got to just, just got in the car and drove to the hospital and got in the lift and the, I think a midwife, someone was finishing their shift and she saw that I was leaking um and she just was like, hurry, hurry. And I didn't really know what she was talking about. Like I was like, okay. Um, so we got into the room and they put the little Doppler on my tummy and we heard nothing. And I I knew that that meant something really terrible. And so they didn't say anything. At that point, they just went to get an ultrasound machine and then they looked again and I saw the screen and my baby was not moving and her heart had stopped. Um, So one of the greatest joys that when you're pregnant is seeing the screen and seeing that beautiful flicker of the heart and I just knew. A galloping horse. Yes, yes, and that's like. It makes my heart leap every time I hear it. I've heard it since, every time I hear it with my patients. Um, and she was just so, so still in there. And um, I just I knew that she had died and I was just still in myself. Um, but it didn't, it didn't sink in until um and like Matthew was with me so he was hearing all this at the same time we were just kind of clutching each other Mm. so tight um and just going through that the motions um but it didn't really sink in until um I called my mum and and I just I said mum there's no heartbeat and she she broke down and I broke down and then I knew I'm going to have to 
have this baby and she's not going to, to be alive when I give birth to her. So that was just the my entire my entire world completely doing um doing a shift. That was the shift of my entire existence. Um and yeah, that moment of sharing it with my mother was just when I was like, this is real and this is um this is like, how am I going to do this? This is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. Um, and so from that moment, though, um, obviously she was t- starting to tell um, my siblings and our, we were starting to tell our family and everybody obviously just started to pray for us from that moment, knowing that I um, had to um go go through labor yeah go through labor and then um continue on so um it was such a beautiful labor though i just remember i had the most beautiful midwife by my side and she had been by my side i did the group midwifery program so she'd been by my side the whole time and i said to her does this mean I can't have any more children? Because I just didn't know what had happened. And mm. and she said, of course not. Like, don't don't worry about that. You're going to have lots more babies. And I was like, okay, I believe you. <laughs> she was just gorgeous. Um, so we just had, I just was clutching my rosary. I had all these beautiful holy cards brought in by my family just lined up and around the room and um and it was so beautiful because you know first pregnancy you have to push for quite a long time so I was um giving birth to her and everyone was just really um you know like a normal birth motivating me to to give birth to this baby and everyone was really praying that we could have her naturally because sometimes um, stillborn babies can get stuck and things like that. So when I, she came out and she was just perfection. Mm -hmm. I've, she was the most luscious, squishy, beautiful um little baby that I've ever seen (laughs) um she was so beautiful and I was just deeply deeply in love as you are with your newborn baby like so deeply in love from the moment I held her and and you and there's just this just this this it's stronger than strong i don't i can't think of the word but you just want you're just wishing her to to breathe willing her, her to breathe willing her to breathe mm. be alive um it was just it was so hard um it was it was it was awful and um but at the same time we were so deeply in love and so grateful for the gift of her even just to be able to hold this person this beautiful baby even though she wasn't breathing she wasn't alive with us we just felt so privileged to be able to hold her just to hold her because it felt like holding heaven it felt like we were holding um a a piece of of heaven um oh my goodness I don't have enough (laughs) tissues here I know I I'm I, I was like oh why did I put on Mascara. I don't have any on. See, I've done this before. You're smart. (laughs) Um, 
And oh, Marguerite, that is just <laughs> stunningly beautiful. Holding a piece of heaven. Oh, man, what a consolation. Yes, past. yes. We received so much consolation at a time when all I wanted to do was be on the other side with her. I was like, if you're going to take her, take me too, because I don't know how I'm supposed to live another minute without my child with me. Um, and we we took photos with her um, and we spent the day holding her. She was very fragile. You could feel um, I didn't want her to be passed around or anything because I could just feel that she was very fragile. Um, she had these perfect, beautiful red lips and just this plump, sweet little baby body and you're just... Oh, just totally in love. And, um, but, you know, she started to obviously um, go cold and that was when we were just, you know, it really was sinking in. Um, we were being very much lifted and carried by prayers, as a lot of people have expressed before um, when they are going through hardship and everybody's praying for them. We we really did feel that, um, but I'll never forget the moment when I had to um, hand her over and um, it was a different midwife because my midwife, you know, had been through a lot that day, so she had gone home, understandably. Um, it's so a different midwife. I didn't know. She wasn't very... Um, <laughs> she was she wasn't particularly um, lovely and empathetic, um, which is okay. Everybody's different. But I just, I'll never forget um, that, like, my sobs from the depth of my soul. I'll just, ne they will, re like, whenever I that think of handing her over, that, that those, my sobbing of, um and just that that piece of me, there was definitely something of me that, you know, got ripped out and and handed over with her and then, mm. you know, that was the last time I saw her. And so, yeah, so... Um, I, don't, I don't think it would matter who you were handing your child to unless it was into the hands of Our Lady or, or Jesus. You no, know, exactly, it, yeah. It would... It, you know, the, this poor midwife copped <laughs> forever has copped. <laughs> I know. She could have, exactly, she, she could have been, been the loveliest person, yeah. but I still hated her yeah. because she was, because Taking I had to hand, child. yeah, I had to hand her over to somebody and it mm. wasn't, it wasn't, um, but I've been able to console um, that very much. So um, since um, Colette's death that, I handed her directly into the arms of Our Lady and Jesus, and she's she is living um, her perfect eternity existence um, now. So that that gives me so much joy, actually, <laughs> to know yeah. that she's that she's ha is has only experienced pure the pure joy and pure happiness. And that's what you—that's what you want for your children, anyway. So she's got that. But I'm sure from that moment of utter grief and despair to where you are now, which is joy, there has been a very long journey. It has, it has. Um, and uh, Matthew and I, we really feel that she um, was so instrumental in 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 freeing our hearts up to to be open to to the rest of of what was coming what we didn't know was coming but but we know that without her and without going through um her loss uh we wouldn't have the strength um and that that fire you know that you need to to go on and 
and have more and more and more. <laughs> well, that's the key. That's how you've been able to have, to go uh, do a medical degree and have ten babies. She is the key. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That is exactly right. That is, she is our strength. She is our hope. Um, uh, and, uh, and yeah, when I said like I was holding heaven, like she, she's, um, she showed us the face of Jesus. Mm. Um, and, and, and he then was able to replace all the nonsense in our lives and, and then go, okay, walk with me now. And yes. and that's and that's where we've been. We've been walking with him. Sometimes skipping, sometimes crawling. Sometimes oh yeah, running. Sometimes walking. Sometimes, sometimes but always drown, drowning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. It's you know, one step forward or whatever, two steps forward, one step back, and yeah. But always together. Yeah. I, I, I want to read this. I read it this morning and I read it to you before we hit record, but I just think it's so um, beautiful how it, how it expresses your, your story. And um, it just says here, this is Carol Houselander. Um, God choose, chose to accomplish great things in this human littleness. Salvation was won for us in the confines of flesh and blood, space and time. There is no time when we feel so helpless and confined as when we suffer. Pain and disappointment press down upon us, wrapping us in iron bands. At such times, it is not enough for us to console one another with platitudes. Time heals all wounds is not an acceptable answer for one who suffers. Real pain makes time irrelevant, but when we suffer, a moment is as a lifetime. Time does not heal, but Christ does. Time cannot heal because time has not suffered. The infant Christ heals because he knows pain. He shares our pain and he stands with us in our suffering. And I just thought you are an example of how he has stood with you because nobody can endure those kind of um, moments without his presence. Um, and that's, that's just so true. It's such a be- you're such a beautiful witness to that. So th- thank you, Colette. Thank you, Mum and Dad, for being open to Colette. Um, so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, and th- and and everybody's um, prayers that got me out of bed um, in the days afterwards. And mm. uh, we did actually find out, and I wanted to say we did find out um, that she had a. a an umbilical cord abnormality where instead of um, the cord inserting in the, into the middle of the placenta, it was inserting into the edge and so the cord was travelling through the membranes for a lot, for almost 20 centimetres um, wow. before coming out and attaching to her. So um, they think that it, um, when my membranes ruptured, um, the cord also ruptured and uh-huh. she lost her blood supply. And sometimes when it crosses the cervix interiorly, um, it's it's called vasa previa. And um, and yeah, so babies can pass away very quickly when that happens. So um, would so, that have happened that night? Yes, most likely. Or maybe the cord had, or maybe part of the cord had already ruptured um, the night before. I'm not really sure. Um, but I did feel some some strong kicks, um, which I thought, oh, that that was that was really strong there, little one. Um, yeah. But it, that may have actually been her uh, passing away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, some, from something so traumatic, um, a lot of beauty has blossomed. Um, so. I always tell women to get the insertion of the umbilical cord checked at their 18-week scan because it's something that was missed for me and I had to come to terms with being a um, medical person and um, experiencing um, when things go wrong. And so is that not a normal procedure or it is? Um, so back then, I, it, back then they didn't always check for the cord insertion but I think they do now. 
mm-hmm. particularly the place where I got scammed, they do. So, yeah, p- um, things get missed and things can go wrong. Um, but I don't, I don't um, have any ill feeling or anything about that. That's just, that just, yeah. that's what happened and that's, that's how it happened. So mm-hmm. that's all right. So, yeah, I was completely desperate for more babies after that. Mm-hmm. I had to sit some exams a couple of weeks later, which was pretty rubbish, but I just did it because <laughs> I didn't want I didn't want to I didn't Reduce want to have to think about think about it anymore. So got through second year and then um and then we we got married. <laughs> we we was got that married. bittersweet or very, very bittersweet. Um my dad um, was able to be there and um, at our wedding, and he cried during his speech, which I hadn't I hadn't actually seen him show very much emotion after um, Colette's death. And during his speech, he just broke down, and we all broke down. The whole <laughs> the whole wedding room, like hundred people, just like you know, bawling their eyes out. It was so bittersweet, but so beautiful. Um, because we we just honoured her, and and we yeah we then yeah desperate for more babies so um, we had um, we conceived pretty much straight away and I had an early miscarriage which oh, was God. really which was really um, which was difficult but nowhere near as difficult as what I had mm-hmm. just been through. So did you start to doubt the goodness of God? Um I was very much like I didn't but I think I had so much grace behind me at this time. So many people were still praying for me and 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 what really just I knew we were so loved. I knew we were so loved. I had that feeling. Um, so I was like, oh, it's going to be okay. It's another one for you, Colette. Take care of your brother or sister. We're just going to try again. Like I was, I really, and I'm sure that maybe mothers who are experiencing right. infertility feel this, but I was just desperate. I was like, okay, let's try again. I just, I just wanted to hold a baby in my arms. My arms were aching with such a heaviness of, em- the, the, the emptiness was heavy. I just don't, it was just like, I need to hold a baby. I know I can't replace her, but that, that, um, that motherly desperation was really strong in me after that. Um, I felt, I know the feeling because I felt it and there's that ache for that heaviness just just I think and I have read it before that women's arms our our bone structure are shaped slightly differently to men to males we're on till our bones are on a different angle apparently and that that is that cradling because we are were made to cradle another and you 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 can physically feel that need to nurture it's that feminine need that we you can't it's undeniable mm. um, yeah, it was so strong yep um so then we 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 went on and we had Elodie who um is now eight and she was just total rainbow baby but I was totally out of my depth <laughs> um and and then I guess and then tragedy struck again for us uh, because um, six weeks before um, Elodie was born, my father had a massive heart attack, and um, um, he 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 really should have had open heart surgery and and had the the vessels fixed. But anyway, look, he was so young and fit, fifty three, and they were just waiting to see what happened. Um, and I had Elodie, he met her, uh, and then uh, a couple of days later he, he was back at work and he went on a business trip and he passed away um, while he was away. Um, so wow, what can I say? Um, 
your world was yeah, then again my world shifted my world, on it back yeah my world was um it felt like it was in a little bit of ruins because I had lost Colette I had a newborn I was a first time mum I was totally clueless and my dad had died and everybody was now grieving um yeah including myself grieving again and I thought this is this is so unfair. I was a little bit selfish. I was like, this is so unfair. That's not selfish. <laughs> I was just thought, I just, well, I just thought, I, it, we are all supposed to be happy now. We are supposed to be rejoicing. We re- we had two days of rejoicing. I just, and I, I just felt like now that's been torn away from me. And I was like, this is, this is, is this even real? Is this really happening? Like there was such disbelief, um, and um, my my dad was he was such a beautiful man. He was such a dedicated father, and he had um, you know he had major flaws, like all of us, and he struggled with a lot of things, um, but he never he never gave up on us, and um, you know he never gave up on on never stop trying and he was such a such a such a generous and good father mm. um and I'm I'm just really grateful because I you know I spoke to him on the phone when he was getting on the plane I said I'll see you in a couple of days few days dad and I love you and he said I love you and mm. you know he was so happy that he that we, he had a granddaughter um that you know that we had had a baby now that was alive and mm. yeah it was just life was meant to be looking up and here you were again down in, yeah, in that and, that yeah. grief and he wouldn't she wouldn't know him she wouldn't be able to have her her grandpa yeah it was just it was just really you know, so, kick in the guts. Kick in the guts. <laughs> so, what was your faith like at this point? Um, it was really shaken. Um, um, and I was, I was really, um, I was finding breastfeeding extremely difficult. Um, everybody was trying to plan, you know, a funeral and trying to come to terms with it, and I, 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 I really felt, um overwhelmed but at the same time we had a lot of prayers again and I remember um at the funeral just you know I I my it's it's really strange I my arms I felt like I was holding my 10 day old baby and I felt like I was holding a ton of bricks (laughs) my arms were now heavy (laughs) with a baby with a real baby you know with an alive baby and um and you know they were lowering my dad and i was so i was so filled with um with consolation and grace at that time because i was like you are with colette and and that brings me that brings me so much joy and peace mm-hmm. and because i wanted you know because she got to be with her grandpa so yeah. That was really special because at, at at such a sad time, the imagery in my mind was so beautiful and so and I just thought of how special that was and so that and, was very helpful. And what a beautiful consolation. He didn't get to know Elodie but he, he gets to know Colette that none of you got to know. Exactly, he, exactly. He had... I, <laughs> I felt jealous. I was a yeah. little bit like. I was a little bit like oh. you're meant to take me not him yeah yeah why not me I want to go to heaven <laughs> yeah yeah so clearly God had more work for me consolation and desolation I mean that's our life isn't it probably mm-hmm. most of us don't have it with those extremes that you encountered in that short space of a year was it you know two years yeah it was um that was intense couple of years 
it was so it was it was so intense and i and then you know had to get back to life i guess life with a, with a newborn and i i really struggled with um first baby and i i was having a lot of um i was having a lot of thoughts um of like worst case scenario like what's the worst case scenario here yep that's in my head right now because I had experienced some worst case scenarios so I found that my brain started going into that um that mode of thinking okay something terrible is going to happen Mm. and so I had to um I had to get help for that and I thought that I was just grieving but then when Elodie was probably um yeah, um, I can't remember how old she was, but yeah, no, I I finally kind of realised that this is this must be postnatal depression and anxiety because I was just so stressed <laughs> about yeah. about about her and I and she could I I thought this is so unfair for for our beautiful baby to be to have a mother who's who's in the depths of of grief. Mm. Um, but I had a I had a beautiful psychologist at the time say to me, no, she's going to have a lot more empathy, um, and she's going to, you know, she's she's going to be connected to human emotions, and and she really is. She's mm. absolutely she's absolutely beautiful. She has such a such a sensitivity for people. Mm. So that though that difficulty into my way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what a gift. Yeah. Beautiful. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's when you feel like your world is falling apart, it's actually falling into place. Um, you know, even though it's hard and heavy, if we just trust the process, if we trust God with our lives, we realise that it's not falling apart. He's He's holding it. He's just weaving it very carefully and slowly and um, beautifully in a way that we couldn't even imagine because we're so consumed with where we're at and where you were at many times over is just, you know, something that you we can't get our head around, those that haven't experienced grief on that scale. But to see that you can pull those pieces together and and see God's hand behind it and see the beauty in it is pure grace. It's it, it's it so is grace. Um, grace fills in all the gaps. Mm. Um, grace. People say, "How do you do it?" And I and I'm like, I have no idea. I don't yeah. know how to do this. Um, I am just I am just waking up in the morning on those hard days when I'm like, I don't. No, I don't know how I'm going to get through this day. You've got, you know, whatever, five kids to feed breakfast. Try to feed yourself. Try to dress yourself. Try to dress everybody. Get everybody ready. You know, there's like a million things and, and it's like, how am I going to do this? Stop, ask for the grace, and then the grace does come and it fills in the gaps. And and God, um, your sister told me this actually, God expands your time when yeah. you when you um when you have, when you open your arms to say yes, okay, I will, I will do your will. Um, he then enables um, that to happen and gives you strength and grace for it. Mm-hmm. And we waste so much time thinking that we can't do it and how we're going to do it and logistics. And when really, we just have to embrace it, ask for the grace, and we get the grace to do it and the time to do it. Like I have been, um, my I've been asked by a friend if I could do a holy hour once a week for a year. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, whoa, big commitment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all the other ladies, there's one for every day of the week, and they're all nuns. They don't have six kids and a lot. I mean, they do. But they've got more kids than me, more spirit. And I'm thinking, how on earth am I going to do that? But. As you said, as my sister said, he expands time. If you set aside time for him, he makes time or he makes things speed up. You know, he makes it happen. Yes. It's it's amazing. So I have not missed one of them. I'm so proud of myself. That is 
That is amazing. Isn't that beautiful? Makes, yeah. Makes, he's like, come to me. Um, and you're like, oh, I just can't. It's just not oh, actually possible. And then you do it and you're like, wow, there, yeah. I can do a, a, bit, a, bit of, a bit extra. So that's, I guess, how I fit in studying and having, and having babies because in my final year I had um, Marcel. Um, so I actually had a miscarriage again after Elodie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an early miscarriage. Um, and, and then I had Marcel. So I, I just see these babies as these little, these angels for, for that, that watch over us. And, and maybe Marcel needed his own little angel and Elodie needed her alone. <laughs> angel. You have a family um, on earth and a family in heaven. Oh my gosh. I was like, you must think we really need a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we're yeah, because we're we're struggling. Even, even uh, Stevens, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I was like, oh, I don't, yeah, are we? Yeah, okay. We we need we need this. We need this. Um, so I had my. Master- what I said to you, God uses the most broken instruments to play the most beautiful music. Um, oh. so embrace our bro- your brokenness and my brokenness because it's true. That these broken moldy dirty instruments that this sound of beauty comes from it and because it's not us it's him <laughs> I so am you know you I think the closer that you get to to God the the weaker you realize you are and I'm and I'm such a sinner like I'm just I'm so I'm such a sinner I'm a whingy person. I'm a shouty mum, you know, like, and I just, I can't get it together. And I run off my mouth and, you know, um, I can be insensitive, all these things. And it's like, I just am a sinner. (laughs) But you, that is so humbling. And you just go, that means I need to cling to you more and more and more. And that's, I guess, what's happened. over time is just that okay I'm gonna need your help I really need your help I need your help today I need your help every second help me please I, <laughs> so know. I just think it's beautiful reaching out that we're recording this um episode in the day a few days after Divine Mercy Sunday because my life your life is just a pure example of his mercy and goodness um, St. Faustina, I think she said something along the lines of um, fear nothing, whoever you are, wh- whatever sins you've committed, because the grace, you have more grace to get overcome those. You know, he gives you more mercy. Um, I, I mean, I will find the actual quote here. Fear nothing, dear soul, whoever you are, the greater the sinner, the greater his right to your mercy, O oh Lord. And that's me. <laughs> like, the greater the sinner, the greater the mercy that we receive from him and the grace to, to overcome them. Mm. Um, it's, we're so lucky that we can see our smallness, I think, and our littleness. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because then and we it, ask, it, ask. It helps so much because I, I tend to be proud and it's like, mm. no, no, no. <laughs> you... <laughs> you it's a it's good to be small it's good to it's and and motherhood is such an invisible um task such an invisible um vocation um where where you might not see another adult except your husband or something for days and days and you're at home with these little minion you know (laughs) demanding very, you know, and they're clutching at your body and you're like, oh, my body is not mine. This is very overwhelming. And you just, you're able to just um, to just go, no, no, God is just wanting me to be here in this moment with these children, giving them cuddles and, and, and yeah, it, it took me a long time because I was always very... Um, task oriented and you know solution focused and and no I've got to get this done this done this done and and it took me a long time to really relax into motherhood 
And I'm it, still trying to relax. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I tell you. Well, yeah, it's it's always there's always. Oh man, it's a constant it's, struggle. It's, I mean, it and it's so a beautiful cool. yeah. struggle. If, if you can yeah. see it as a struggle and a redemptive struggle, it's like even I was saying to someone the other day. One of the hardest fears, yeses, of my day is to tuck my kids into bed. I mean, yes. I, I how hard is I, it? Like, it's like, please just go away. It's the end of the day. I need my space. I need my time. But I have to um, step out of myself and say, no, I'm going to put them to bed, you know. To the last moments of the day, it's not about us. When yeah. all day long I am battling, it's about me, it's me, I want this, I want that. But in fact, it's not. <laughs> that is so true. That is so hard at the end of the day when you are just spent and you're like, it is me time now. And then the kids are like, there is no such thing as your your time, mum. I, I want this, I'm hungry, you know, my tummy hurts, I need to do a poo, you know, all sorts of things. And it's like, but it's the end of the day, don't you understand? Enough is enough. I yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Oh, we struggle. I know we struggle, but same token, we do have to rest, and I find that mm -hmm. also is a struggle. Knowing yeah. when to, because I'm as you are. You just said you're task orientated, and you know, to I I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I like things ordered, and mm. I find that if I um resting or if I'm you know and I can see mess I can't rest it's like no I have to fix that before I can rest when really I have to let that go and I have yeah. to take care of myself which is also really hard <laughs> it is it really is and sometimes you have to sometimes you do have to um recognize when you have to put your foot down and go no mummy <laughs> Uh, uh, really just needs the time to, to just to 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 talk to myself or something you know just anything to yeah. just be alone for five minutes and often five minutes is all I need but you know getting that I know because then you think hard. oh I've got other things to do now <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it doesn't take much to rejuvenate me because you know it's like <laughs> it's you were so limited <laughs> So, yeah, so I had two under two and then I had um, another little one um, during my internship and so three under three and then another <laughs> and then I had another one, uh, so four under four. <laughs> so wow. just, I just kept having You got babies. your babies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When it rains, it pours and it poured and we just had baby after baby after baby. Um, three, yeah, so four under four and then um, and another miscarriage and then five, five and under. So, so I, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it, but we actually, you know, we do know how to do natural family planning and <laughs> Um, but, um, we, when we, you, when, mm. when you experience loss, um, it, it leaves a, a, a hole in your heart that you can only fill with love. And mm. I think, you know, natural family planning or not, when you know what love is, real love, you're not afraid of it. Mm. That's um, so, that's exactly what happened. She took away our fear. She took she she took with her the fear of or oh, what about me, and replaced it with let's just move on and be open, um, and that was so freeing. Um, uh, and it, yeah, of course, it didn't come without its without its enormous struggles, um, and it feels a little bit like a blur now. When I look back, I'm like, oh, did I miss out on? on all these things but but that's that's life like life will carry on life will go on and god will make it what he wants if you if you have um if you've opened um that door for him and he'll just make it so beautiful and these little souls now that are running around me every day are just the most precious little things like they're just it's just 
it just makes my heart burst to watch them grow, to watch them um, love each other, play, and 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 the precious off mum when you've got siblings, you know, like yeah. it's it's a different kind of um, it's a different kind of thing when you've got more than more than two or three or three because when they're playing together it's like oh I could never do this for you I don't I don't want to play your your games I'm so glad you're coming up with these imaginative things because I'm just not into it I want to (laughs) I know I went I remember years ago when I had I think I had four little ones and one of my daughters was you know becoming friends with we moved to a new neighborhood and we were making friends and she had a play date over at this little girl's house who she just had a, another sister. Uh, oh no, an older brother. And the mum, we walked in and the mum was playing Barbies with the little girl. And you know, that and she said, Oh, we play Barbies all the time together. I'm thinking, I don't think I'm ever playing Barbies with my daughter. Like, am I a bad mum? Yeah. But, but I've provided siblings for her to play to play yeah. with. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly right. Gets you off the hook. (laughs) And in a lot of ways, it's just, it's so, it's just so much better for them because they play much, much, much more interesting Barbie or, you know, doll games and they play it much better than I can. So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And and she could have seen through my face, like, oh, oh, yes, this is so much fun. Let's go. Because your heart's not in it, really. Well, mine wouldn't have been anyway. No, Maybe she's no. a much better mother than me. <laughs> well, clearly she no. is. But she's tapping into her childhood really in a beautiful way there that I just not just wouldn't be interested in. Um, no. <laughs> um, no, so so yeah, they're just I've I actually and when you asked me to be on the podcast, um, I was very reluctant. Just not just because I didn't feel that worthiness, as I mentioned before, but you messaged me um, on a day when I was experiencing another miscarriage and it was probably the worst miscarriage that I've been through because it was um, my latest one. So Mm. I was sort of giving birth that day um, to another little one that had gone to heaven and I thought, this holy spirit she's like why are you doing this to me today (laughs) like you're asking this of me and I was like okay I'm just going to take some time because the women that you have on the podcast are just so inspirational so beautiful I've I have learned so much by being a fan through being a fan Mm -hmm. and um yeah it took me a while to sort of uh, it actually the previous one where um she was talking about you know sharing your gifts that was like a clincher I was like okay I'll share okay (laughs) you have Um, a gift (laughs) so um so I have so that was my fourth miscarriage and fifth loss was earlier this year I'm so sorry but um the the Holy Spirit he's his timing is perfect (laughs) so perfect so perfect no it's not often when we think is perfect but he um when you're open to his promptings you realize just how perfect he is and you are just as inspirational as every other woman that has been on this podcast because you have said yes and your yeses are what uh, encourages other women to find their yes so thank you thank you thank you for having me no i'm 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 <clears throat> I, I love um, being there for women and I guess being um, working as a GP now enables me to be there for mothers going through the journey of pregnancy and childbirth mm. and having a newborn and things um, and being there for women um, in in a really supportive way, being encouraging, all the things that I feel like through my anti uh, postnatal depression um I felt so disconnected from like I'm 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 able to be there for um for women in a beautiful way through being um their GP and I really do encourage all women to to have a good GP so that 
so that they can be taken care of in that in that regard. Um, I found it really difficult to reach out for help um, for a very very long time, um, and then I real and then you know I I've only recently realised like Jesus was helped to carry the cross, mm. and he allowed some you know he 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 allowed someone to come and to mm. come and carry it for him. So it's that is that is being God is allowing you. So being like Christ is is allowing Asking you for your crosses to be shared. Mm. Um, so I've it's been very humbling um, because I've I've always very much been like no I I can do this I can do this I'm going to do it. Um, but yeah, crumbling and then going I can't do this and going I need help um, has been another journey for me. Mm. When you just mentioned that about um, helping other women in the in your practice, um, it just reminded me of Our Lady when she said yes to the angel. Where did she go to first? She ran to her cousin Elizabeth to oh. to share with women. You know, we we find our yes and we look for other women to hold on to 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 share with to to bring each other closer to Christ and that's you know this is your fear this is your your Elizabeth you're, you've got your Elizabeths around you and that's so beautiful yeah I, it, I I always think about that I'm like whoa I need to like I'm when you're pregnant you're like oh I just feel terrible and I can't what can I just bleh, I just want to sit in bed permanently um this is so hard you know it gets really difficult and then I think our lady went pregnant and went and <laughs> did this big journey to visit her cousin um okay like if if that's if that's what I'm supposed to be like I'll I'll try I'll try to reach out more and more and and um and that's been a, a big learning curve for me I, it took me a long time to to reach out as a mother and and even be even be confident I know myself mm-hmm. when you're uh I was pregnant with um my sixth baby well it was my eighth pregnancy but my sixth baby and um I was embarrassed to go to the netball because I knew I'd be judged like Mm -hmm. and and of course I could see them all talking to each other as I was walking because it had been I had fallen pregnant in the I don't know the October and then we didn't start Mm -hmm. netball till the March so I was physically visibly pregnant by the time and I just thought I just don't know how I'm going to face those ladies at netball and it's just you know you think after this many children you'd be quite confident but no I wasn't Mm -hmm. I was just I thought how am I going to face them and it's putting it's you need to surround yourself with your Elizabeths to help you. Yes. You need to find like-minded women. You know, to be a Catholic today is, especially a Catholic who is is fully committed to the teachings mm. of the church, mm. you need Elizabeths. You need to find your um, group of women to help you. And if you don't, pray for them because he will give them to you. Like it's mm. so, do you find that it's so necessary? have good like-minded women absolutely I've very much been blessed with sisters who um who love babies love having babies we um we are really um I'm I am surrounded by beautiful women who um who just rejoice in every time you say I'm pregnant and most people would be like you are a freak what are you doing to yourself and they're like you know it's part it's celebration and every new baby is is just um so joyfully welcomed and it's it's just um just this this amazing way to be nurtured and surrounded by by sisters and and like-minded women um I haven't I didn't actually find in my professional life working in emergency um pushback like i think that um i think that you've covered your microphone oh have i oh yeah it's it's, sorry it's worked in my favor a little bit um having so many children and being a a female doctor at this time because it's like well power to women so it's like well you can um 
Exactly. So um, that has kind of helped me professionally because people are, yeah, they're not judged. They're not really as judgmental, like, oh, no, we can't judge you. Like, yeah, good power to you. That's right. Um, And patients, because I've been working in a a lower socioeconomic area, a lot of them have um, large families anyway. So they're like, go, you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Thank you so much for being such a witness to what women can do when they just trust when you know you're you're a complete um you're such a beautiful example of just surrender and trusting the will of god so thank you thank you now we could keep talking but oh no i think oh wow that's a long time was it that long oh my god okay You'll have, have to cut it out. Oh, <laughs> you'll have to cut out half of what I've done. Um, <laughs> um, <Nope>, nothing. <laughs> Joy. Um, oh, my sister is. Um, my sister's just um, about to embark on a journey, on a bus. They're moving into a bus, but she's here in Sydney. Moved down from or come down from Queensland, and we had a sisters' cocktail night the other night. And we all got into our pajamas, and I was like in my dressing gown, and we had cocktails, and we just talked for hours and hours, and it was so joyful. Um, one sister was missing because she's in London, but we're going to do uh, so, it again. So she's, because... she's living in a bus. They're going to be living in a bus with their three kids, and 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 travelling around Australia and homeschooling, and it's very exciting. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. amazing. Now's yeah, the time so to do it. We're not always um we're not always together. So when we are we try to to do um you know mum things or do things with the yeah. girls. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I I'd like to go on a bus around Australia. <laughs> it sounds maybe um doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds fun. It sounds a lot of fun. Um well my one thing is a book that I'm reading, but it's called Personal Prayer, A Guide for Receiving the Father's Love. And it's uh, such a beautiful book. Um, Beth Davis from Blessed Is She uh, recommended it to me and it's, I can't recommend it enough. So it's it's been a game changer. So I'll put that in the show notes. Um, and that's brought me joy. Anyway, we should go because oh. I can kids. <laughs> And yeah. life is um is is passing us by, yeah. <laughs> but God's made time. So I um I just want to really thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your heart with us. So thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.